Kyle, beautiful Kyle, is bathed in angelic light. It's nothing could be more beautiful. Emergency, we've crashed. He loves her. (laughs) Yeah. Hello and welcome to another episode of Pass the Hot Sauce, a Roswell podcast. I'm Aliza Ora. And I'm Lorena Rose. We're here to talk about every episode of the 1999 WB series Roswell, one episode at a time, spoiler free. Today, we're discussing season two, episode 13, Disturbing Behavior. And today, we also have a special guest host with us. Hi, Nomi. Welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me back again. I'm so excited. We're so happy to have you back again. And is this um, a fan favorite episode for you? Is that why you wanted to be with us for Disturbing Behavior? Yes. So like this has a lot of candy stuff and you guys know that I'm a big candy fan. And in general, I just love the hybrid Chronicles arc. I think it has a lot of my Mm. glimmery in it and it just... It's good it's good writing and it's a good story arc. I really like it. Yes, me too. This is like my favorite segment of season 2 and possibly yes. of the whole series. Yes. So, yeah, so let's get a little more information about disturbing behavior. According to our IMDb description, this is the one where Lori breaks away from custody and reluctantly goes with Michael and Maria. They end up at her grandfather's house in Tucson, where her aunt and uncle show her very little love. Meanwhile, Max enlists Liz's help to investigate the blue crystal that Michael found at Lori's burial site. Valenti grows even more suspicious of Sorensen when he attacks Valenti in a momentary fit of rage, and Valenti Valenti convinces FBI agent Duff to investigate Sorensen further, and she discovers an interesting pattern in his travel. So our description this week really just told us exactly what is going to happen in this episode. Oh my god. Every single part of the episode, like scene by scene. Yeah. So we just don't need to record the rest of this episode, right? Thanks for joining us today for this episode of Pass the Hot Sauce. (laughs) No, we're still going to talk about it. Also, I think it was a little generous when it said that Lori's aunt and uncle show her little love. That's like, no, they are complete and total assholes. Yeah. So this episode was developed by Jason Kadams, and the script was written by Ronald D. Moore, who wrote 10 episodes of Roswell. So we've seen his name before, and we are going to see his name again. And this episode was directed by James Whitmore Jr., who wrote nine episodes of the series and also served as an executive producer for the show. And we've got some new special guest stars in this episode. We've got Lori's aunt and uncle. Lori's Aunt Meredith is played by Heidi Swedberg, who, Elisa, you may recognize because she was in two episodes of ER. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I thought she looked familiar. Yep, she was in tons of stuff. She was also in an episode of Gilmore Girls and lots of various other shows. Dennis Christopher plays Lori's Uncle Bobby, and he was also in three episodes of Angel, among many other TV series of the 90s and 2000s. Is he like a lawyer or something? Probably. But these are the Mm -hmm. other WB series Mm -hmm. that these actors appeared in, because if you get hired for one WB series, you get hired for all the WB series, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's dive into talking about this episode then, friends. We, um, we start this episode on the roof of the cheese shop. (laughs) Yeah. 
how fucking great is this? Which I loved yes. that little moment because, I mean, we haven't talked about the Cheese Factory in a long time. Or Roswellians so haven't talked about the Cheese Factory in a long time. Yes. but The Cheese Factory is, a, is like another character on this show. Yes. Totally. And it's, and it's a real place in Roswell or mm-hmm. in the vicinity of the real Roswell. So that's like a real thing that they brought in from the reality of the world. So I like that it has sort of been a through line and that now all totally. of a sudden we're like on the roof of the cheese shop in the middle of season two doing reconnaissance. <laughs> they, um... I feel like the show, like, while time may not make sense, like, and geography, maybe not always, but they do, like, try to keep things, like, more or less accurate or, like, based on real things. Mm -hmm. Like the Mesalico Reservation, based on the Mescalero Reservation Mm -hmm. um, near Roswell and the Cheese Factory. I feel like there are certain things that they're like, yeah, you know what? The real Roswell has that. Let's kind of tie that in. in. Yeah. I like that. Right. So I love that. And yeah, Michael and Maria are doing reconnaissance on the roof of the cheese shop. (laughs) They're supposed to be spying on the sheriff's station. uh, But instead, they're uh, watching some unknown people have sex in the hardware store. (laughs) Which like, cool. But also, that is a violation of their privacy. Yes, it is. Like, watching people have sex is fine if you have their consent. Otherwise... Keep your eyes to yourself. <laughs> but I think they like weren't expecting it at all. And also, oh, no, they were definitely just, like, whoa, whoa, and 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 like you know, I feel like this part here, like if you guys watch like all the rewatches that they do, like this stuff, I feel like would be so realistic because they like have these like raunchy jokes, like just the tip or just the rim and like things like that. And when they're looking like that, totally. it reminds me of like. The real, like the actors, actually yeah, the playing real it Brendan too. and Mahandra. And oh the, yeah, they have yeah. like such dirty humor. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. I love Maria's hair in this scene and like the whole episode. It's yes. like her hair is the same in the whole episode because it doesn't take place over that long of a period of time. The like intense waves. Yes. So beautiful. I have that note too, in it not in this part, but once they start driving the car a little later, my note is literally Maria's hair looks so amazing in this whole episode. <laughs> she looks great. I like the curly hair on her. It works well for her. In yeah. my notes I wrote, Maria's wavy hair is dreamy. Yes. Oh. It's a really good way for them to blend out the extensions too. Yeah. Yes. And a lot of fans like who write fan fiction stuff, they talk about this hairstyle. To the nice. T and describe really? it like waterfall curls, like all that, oh, like beautiful. in the face. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And then while we're watching them supposed to be spying on the sheriff's department, we get to cut inside the sheriff's department where there is a full on FBI interrogation going on with poor Lori Dupree, who is like had so much happen to her already. Recently and now she's getting traumatized. Yeah. In- interrogated by Agent Duff. Yeah. Who's. Yeah, she's she's kind of trying to be nice cop about it, but but like she's like I'm sending you back to Pinecrest, but like yeah. how does she know that that's what she wants and that that's like a, something she would want to hear? Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe she feels safe there, but assumably she escaped like, from there, Duff or did she that? get kidnapped from there by whoever? We still there's still so much we don't know about right, her. We still don't really in know. The, in the context of what we've seen so far. Like, did she leave Pinecrest of her own volition or was she kidnapped from there somehow? We don't know. Right. We don't know. But the books, I don't know if you guys ever seen like the books that belong to the series. 
Have you I read have those too? I have not read them. I okay. want to. I've read some of the the original books, the ones that don't spin directly oh, from yeah. the series, but I haven't yeah. read the ones that go directly with the series yet. So there are some books that kind of tie season two and season three and then some, right, like after season three. Mm-hmm. One of the books called Skeletons, like in the closet, it actually talks about the whole human donor part and how like, <gasps> yeah, like it goes into like deep, it dives deeper into the whole like hybrid stuff. Oh, and, that's like, awesome. And it like has information on how the human donors, like how their DNA was extracted could, to create those like embryos in the pods for like the royal four and everything. That's, that's cool. cool. So it does some good parts like, you know, kind of connecting the plot holes sometimes that we see in the series. So mm-hmm. just throwing it out there. Mm-hmm. We'll have to look cool. up. I know those books are are hard to obtain, though, and can be expansive. Yes, but if you want to borrow it from me, Lorena, I can oh, totally thanks. post mail it to you. Thanks. We can do that. <laughs> oh, Lori kind of has an outburst. Yes. Right? And she's like, oh, no, the aliens. Yeah. They're close. But she's doing that on purpose, I think. She's causing a Mm. ruckus on purpose because as they throw her down on the desk, she Mm -hmm. uses that opportunity to get, I guess it's just a pen. It's not a a real weapon, but Mm -hmm. she, so I feel like she was using that outburst as a means to, as a distraction, basically. I I think she learned these tricks in Pinecrest, guys. Oh, probably. Oh, yes. The pen, paper (laughs) clips, things like that. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like using the fact that they use restraint like mm-hmm. to your benefit. Yeah. Yes. Because, yeah, I mean, these these cops came in, you know, they came in swinging. Like they yes. were aggressive with how they restrained her. Yes. Yeah. That was not nice. Like the way. No. I mean, there's so many issues with that these days. Anyway, also, like but, yes. as someone who like has been trained in some restraint, uh, that's not how you restrain people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although it's different, like, you know, I guess when you are the staff working with a child as opposed to like a cop trying to yeah whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but maybe that's mm-hmm. one of the problems with cops and the way that they're trained yes ding 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 yes because cops are not social workers and they are not psychiatric doctors or right. mental health workers they are cops right and this woman you know obviously struggles with her mental health yes yeah and is troubled and like yeah police officers are not trained for that. Yep. Nor is it their job or their pay grade to be trained for. There yeah, just needs to be a totally. better partnership happening between different people who need to be doing these things. Yeah. But it's okay because Michael <gasps> yeah. and Maria will come. It'll be lots. Yes. It'll be a lot better. They're gonna. Yes. <laughs> They're gonna. Lori fix it is all. going <laughs> to escape herself from the ambulance, <laughs> and Michael and Maria will be there. But but uh, not before Maria's like, I need to know where we stand first, which I appreciate. Yes. She, yeah. I mean, they're in a car together. What else are you going to yeah. talk about? Yeah. She's like, you're driving my car again. We're like chasing after people in ambulances who might be your family. And the only way I would be doing this for somebody is if I was dating them. So I guess that means you're dating me, right? Yeah. yeah she's like, I'm assuming we're back together again. Yeah. Yeah. And he tries to say something and she's like, uh-uh, I didn't ask you to talk. <laughs> And he's like, whatever. And I I was just like, nothing changes with these two. Nothing. And like, whatever is his code word of like, yeah, sure. Like, anyway, so. Which is really just him hiding that like, he he loves her. He loves to be with her. Like, he loves (laughs) her, you know. Who cares? And he doesn't know how to say it. 
He just, like, doesn't like to show his emotions. But yeah. as we mm-hmm. see later on, like, he is good at connecting with people emotionally. Yes. Uh, so that's, I think, when we first see the other car that has its headlights off. That mm-hmm. is, like, also on the road with the ambulance and the Jetta. Yeah, we see yeah. just a little tiny flash of it. But who knows who's in there? How easy can it really be to get yourself out of restraints with just a pen? I'm I so mean, impressed. Maybe she's done it before, too, while in Pinecrest. Yeah. Yeah. Which you'd think that people that are using restraints would figure out better restraints if people are so commonly breaking out of them with nothing more than a pen. Yeah. But a pen. But yeah, she gets out of her restraints. She creams the EMTs or whoever's driving the ambulance Uh and crashes the ambulance and Michael and Maria to the rescue because they've been following behind. Yeah. Yeah. I do have a bone to pick here. She was in the front of the ambulance, Mm -hmm. right? That's how it crashed. She like was steering it. Yeah. The ambulance flipped over, right? They were seatbelted in. She was not. Yeah. Flips over and then she falls out of the back of it and like stands up and is fine. But like the back of the ambulance, she was she in the front. Back to the back of the ambulance. Yeah, I just think she went to the back and that's what I'm going to say to just yeah. make it all right in my head. <laughs> she would be more hurt. Yes, but. she would likely have more than just like a right a cut on her head. Yeah. Yeah, and I I also think it's a little important to point out that when Michael like saves her by blasting, remember how he uses the blast and she sort of freezes for a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, all this time you've seen Lori like either fight or either like fly like fly away, and mm. for the first time we see her sort of freeze. Yeah, and she's adding like things together, and I yeah. and I mm. noticed that this time. <laughs> yeah, so. I know that I already knew there were aliens, but shit, there are yes. aliens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, what was that? <laughs> yeah, she's just frozen. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, so somebody is shooting at them. Michael uses his powers. They get away. As they should. Michael's powers, like, way to go, Michael. He's so good at them now. He blew up a fucking car. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's getting Mm -hmm. so much more focused with his powers. I mean, in this case, we probably kind of wish there was a casualty. Would have been, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Would have been been better if he had managed to get whoever was firing at them. Right. You know what else would have been good? If someone had called 911 for the ambulance that flipped and the EMTs that were still in there. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. they did and we Maybe don't they see did it. And we just didn't see it. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they did. Yeah. Because if Laurie survived, I think they did too. And they were able to call someone. It's just what I'm going to think sure. as well. No, they probably <laughs> um, got up. They were fine. Yep. They would have radios in the car, right? That mm-hmm. they could, emergency, yeah. we've crashed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Over. <laughs> just like that, Lorena. Just yep. like that. <laughs> Roger. <laughs> that's, how, that's how those things work, right? So then we have the credits. Our wonderful Dido serenades us mm-hmm. um and at the evans they're watching the news yeah they're kind of simultaneously watching the news and seeing what's going on with that crash and talking on the phone with michael, michael. Mm-hmm. to figure out what's going on and that they mm-hmm. have they have Lori. she's safe Lori is damaging the car <laughs> which i love i love maria's like Side view mirror, one hundred dollars. Like visor, fifteen. One hundred dollars, like, not including labor. Yeah. yeah, she's so sassy about it. I love Maria. Always so um, sassy. So Michael says that they're thirty miles west of Dexter. Mm-hmm. Dexter is um, the real Dexter, New Mexico. Is twenty five minutes outside of Roswell to the okay. southeast. Totally reasonable that they would be there. There's pretty much nothing thirty miles west of Dexter. Like. 
literally I couldn't even see any town names. There was like nothing there. But like there are roads, like maybe they're there. Yeah. Um no I highways. Mean, well that though. checks out. They're kind of in the middle of nowhere. So to go from Dexter to Tucson, even you have to like go up to Roswell and first over. and over because yeah. there just like aren't highways that go there. Yeah. Um I'm not surprised. I also may have looked up the cost of replacing a mirror on a Jetta. <laughs> How much would it cost? But I couldn't look at it for 2001, you yeah. know? Oh, so, yeah, yeah. like most cars, it depends. If you go to the dealership, everything's more expensive. Oh, yeah. Because if it would be like a Jetta part. But online, I saw part. I saw that part for anywhere from like $40 to $90. Okay. Well. So, like, no, you do not have to pay 100 labor not included. I'm surprised that it's that cheap even even now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be like a, you know, a non-Jetta yeah. brand, but you can get one that, like, will fit a Jetta. Well, anyway, maybe maybe Amy insists that they go to the dealership for all of their maintenance. She might. I feel like even Maria is very much like, I have a Jetta, the mirror will be a Jetta. Yeah. You think? Mm-hmm. She seems awfully attached to her Jetta. I see Maria. I mean, we saw her with those pearl earrings. She mm. likes the finer things in life. And if that she has true. a Jetta, all her parts are going to be Jetta parts. It's funny because I think of Amy as being like the opposite. That Amy would yes. be like, oh, yeah, just, you know, tape on whatever mirror. Right. <laughs> no, Maria's very particular. I think you caught on to that really well. Like what she eats even. Like she's really like she analyzes it. Like we've seen that about her, which mm-hmm. I appreciate. I actually, she puts a lot of thought and maybe – she wants some. Con- I'm psychoanalyzing again. I can't help it with my mental health background. Go right ahead. Yeah, <laughs> my fight or flight response, and now like all this. I wrote in my notes like psychologists now believe there's a third response called frozen. It's been like in different like journals and shit. Like, oh, interesting. Really? Wrote that. Yeah. So like Lori's reaction is like totally legit according to all these like journals I read. Yeah. So, but I think Maria. I think her mom has just that hippie. You know, we see it, too. Like, her mom has that hippie background, right? Like, mm-hmm. so she is very carefree. And I think with being a single parent, Maria had to step up a lot. We see it with Kyle, too, in this episode as we go into it. You know, like, yeah. they have a little bit more of control and they're a little bit more particular than their parents are. Yeah, probably in so. an effort to take control in a situation where they have felt like there wasn't enough control mm-hmm. and enough parenting going on. Exactly. Yeah. That is, like, a common trope. You see it around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So back at the Evans, we see more of what's ha- what they're talking about on the news. Mm-hmm. And the reporter says, an abandoned stolen vehicle was found, blah, 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 blah. She didn't mention that it had been blown up. Yeah, that's oh. very true. You would think that would be relevant. <laughs> yeah. Right. A blown up abandoned stolen vehicle. Well, I guess, of course, it's going to be abandoned if it's been blown up. But yeah, the mm-hmm. blown up part seems more more important to me than that there are no people with it. Yeah. <laughs> right. They could say blown up, but it appears that there was no one inside. And then, you know, it's been abandoned. But like, you know, an explosion, yep. you think, like, would be important. Worth talking about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And speaking of Kyle not having enough control and parental control in his household, we mm-hmm. cut over to the Valenti house where uh, Jim has decided to set up a woodworking shop in the middle of the house. Oh my god. They're like not in the garage or anything because you can see like the wallpaper of the living room. Like he's around like in the living room. He's literally dragged his tools into the living room and set up shop, a woodworking shop. Yeah, like a full table saw. Yeah. Yeah. And Kyle sees the paperwork that Jim is getting sued, which is no good. 
And he doesn't talk to Kyle about it. I, I feel no. for Kyle here. He's like yeah. hurting. He's confused. Yeah. Also, I wrote side note. Tess is also having a very nice hair day as well. Yeah. yeah. I liked her hair. <laughs> yes. You know who's not, though? Jim Valenti. Oh, oh yeah. No, he's very. Oh, no. But he can't have a good hair day because no, he he's having a bad. Yeah. He's having a yeah. bad day. He's, all he's in a dark I mean, place. Yeah. I feel like Lisa would love that he's got some scruff going on. I, oh. That's right. Lisa loves I wrote, him. like, Lisa, what do you think? We have to ask her. <laughs> you know when Max is talking to Isabel about the whole, like, the blue, mm-hmm. what is it? Gandarium? Yeah. So when Isabel is like, you need to go ask Liz. She's the one who's better at science than you are. I love yeah. that part. Um, and then also, there's actually a replica of that, or I guess someone made that. And it's actually going to be well. It's offered right now at the B and T raffle. Ah, oh, that's and awesome. I think it's being bid for though. If I'm not, I think it's one of the yes. items you're bidding yeah. for. Yeah. So people can bid on it, and I think they've updated the Indigo website saying the highest bid for that so far. Yeah, right now it's sitting at four hundred dollars. Oh, is it oh, last? Wow. Last time I looked, it was still only in the one hundreds, and I was like, "Do I need a Gandarium crystal in my life?" <laughs> Um, and for those of you who are listeners who aren't familiar with B&T, we've talked about it a little bit before, but Mahandra Delfino and Brendan Fair, who played Maria and Michael in the TV series, they are working on a pilot episode of a new TV series that Mahandra wrote, which is called Baron and Toluca, B&T for short. And at this point, it has not been picked up by a network, and they've decided to go through uh, with the pilot Anyway, so they've been a really awesome Indiegogo fundraiser. There's all sorts of perks and awesome things uh, that you can get for very little donation to help them raise money to film the pilot. It's a super cool project. The trailers that they filmed for it look super awesome. It's going to be an amazing TV show. So if you are big fans of Candy, uh, Maria and Michael from the TV series, you definitely want to check it out. Hell yeah. And we're going to have a bonus episode coming out soon over here on our Pass the Hot Sauce feed that's going to be all about Baron and Toluca and all of the stuff that's going on with the fundraising for that. So stay tuned for that in our feed soon if you are interested in getting more information on that awesome TV show that's going to be coming up. So, yeah, Isabel does tell him, you know, go ask your smarter lab partner. Your Um, science mm -hmm. partner, yeah. And he... Basically, he's like, oh, like, I don't want to involve her. She's already involved. Deciding yet again what she has a right to know. Yeah. It's like, it's so annoying. Yeah. They just, yeah. I I feel like every other episode, it's like, oh, I want to be together. Oh, we can't be together. Oh, I want to be together. I can't, we can't be together. Remember when Lisa predicted they would be back together by the end of the first episode of the season? And we're now on episode 13 and they still aren't back together. It's right. They are so hot and cold. But it's not as fun to me as Michael and Maria. So it's like, eh, sorry to those dreamers out there. Because people really, people take the standing of this show very seriously but I just mm -hmm. yeah no I've always been more interested in Maria and Michael's relationship than Max and Liz's and I'm just like just get back together already you just like you have goo goo eyes for each other and then you like try and stay away from each other just get back together already (laughs) and I'm not a fan of Sean so like just get back together Mm. already I love Sean I love Sean I think he's cute I'm sorry but I love him no I don't like him with Liz though but you know I, I like him 
Yeah. I like him. He's so cute. Uh, I just want people to be happy with the person they're supposed to be with. I know that doesn't make for good TV. Whatever. You're so canon. You're so canon. <laughs> so then at the crash down, who is it? Like Liz, Alex, and Isabel? Yeah. Yes. And I thought this was... This was unusual because Isabel went to Liz, which we don't really see the two of them. Mm -hmm. Like, she's sort of fed up with Max, too, like what you guys were saying. And she's going out even to reach out to Liz, I feel like. so. Max loves to do this thing where he, like, decides for other people, like, whether they should be involved in something. And it's like, let her decide. And I know that's because he's, quote, unquote, the leader and the king. But right now, you are a 17-year-old kid. Like, your friends can help you. Like lean on them. You don't have to. Smarter. Yeah, you don't have to take all of this on yourself. You have people around you. You are not a king right now, buddy. Like, (laughs) right. He needs to learn a little bit from Buffy. Yeah, lean on the people around you. You are stronger together. You are stronger with a support system. Um, and Sean comes up to them, and may I say, like, I love Alex. I will always mm-hmm. love Alex. This is the yes. only scene we get him in, I think, in this yep. episode. But he is such a jerk here. I yeah. think. Like, in my opinion, he's being an asshole. Because Sean comes up and he's like, Aunt Amy's flipping over Maria going AWOL. And Alex is like, want to translate that for the people who haven't served time. Yeah. First of all, Alex, AWOL is a normal non-prison thing to say. It's a military thing. Yeah. Also, it's not okay to shame people for serving time. Especially in juvie. Right. Like it's it's kind of arbitrary who has to serve time and who doesn't for similar crimes. Mm -hmm. We know that generally race plays a role, probably not in this case. But also he was a fucking teenager. Like give him a chance to grow up and learn and redeem him, redeem himself. Anybody deserves that chance. Hmm. Yeah. So we are uh, Aunt Amy wanted Liz to come over the house yeah, he, like, came to retrieve Liz for her. Yes, and so Liz goes with him to try and, like, quell whatever situation is going on in the DeLuca house to, like, calm down Amy about whatever is going on. Uh, and then we cut to back to Maria's car, and Maria wants to go to the roadside cafe. Trust that I did try to find out if this is a real place. If there was a roadside cafe near Dexter uh new mexico i mean definitely like there's nothing called roadside cafe there's a roadside restaurant in i think it was like bloomington new mexico which is like a good six hours away from roswell in the opposite direction of dexter (laughs) but obviously like whatever it's not a real place they're just trying to say it's like you know it's a greasy spoon yeah and I mm-hmm. love that Maria is like, even the cops give the roadside a wide berth. It yeah. is just for us true greasy spoon aficionados. Yeah, she says it like it's Spanish, aficionados. Yeah. yeah. And yes. like, I love to hear her speak Spanish always because, yes. you know, Mahadra Delfino, and I love a Venezuelan accent. But is Maria even Latina? Like, save for the first episode? It's really not mentioned ever at all she speaks some spanish in the first episode and then they like just decide that that is not going to be an important part of the show at all i know yeah which is a bummer but she's gonna fix that with bnt she said so yes it's gonna be awesome that's amazing i also want to point out that amy deluca has lovely portraits and pictures of hindu gods and goddesses that's very dear to my heart because I guess her hippie side allocates some Hinduism or Buddhism in there. But if anyone remembers, like Maria keeps a picture of Saraswati on her mirror. 
which is the goddess of music, which is so fitting for oh. Maria De Luca. So something I noticed, I guess, since I'm yeah. part of that religion. But yeah. That's awesome. I I I remember seeing some like the little image on her mirror, but since I am not familiar I'm familiar with a little bit of uh Hindu iconography, but not all of it by any means. So that's cool. It was really prominent in Independence Day when she was combing her hair and her and Amy were talking. Yes. That that great episode. And you can see Saraswati's there. And I'm like, oh, that's so fitting for for Maria. Yeah. So So she brings Isabel to the sheriff's station. Mm -hmm. And Isabel wants her parents. She wants a lawyer. Well, first she wants her parents. And Duff is like, you're an adult. It's like, okay, so I want a lawyer. Well, why do you need a lawyer? Or did you do something wrong? You shouldn't need a like, lawyer. Oh, you're not under like, arrest. You don't need a lawyer. Yeah. And for anyone listening, you can absolutely insist on having a lawyer before you've been charged with any- anything. It is, in fact, it is advisable. Don't You can't, I mean, people may get mad about this, but like, don't talk to or trust cops. They can use your words against you if you misspeak. Yes, they can. You know, like, it's better to just keep your mouth shut, ask for your lawyer. And like, you can't let like, you know, Duff like bullied her into just answering and like talking with her without a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. And she's interrogating her like she is in trouble. Yeah. And she even says something about if you lie to me, you're in deep trouble, young lady. Like she's intimidating mm-hmm. her, trying to get her to talk when she has asked for a lawyer. I liked Duff in the last episode. Not really like Duff in this episode. Yeah. But. Yeah, she wants to know the connection between Michael, or she wants to know the connection between Max and Isabel and Sheriff Valenti. She can't question Max because he's still under 18, but she can question Isabel and try and get this information out of her. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't like, I don't like her tactics. I don't like it. I feel like she is in over her head and like it has oh, realized absolutely. that. Because yeah. like she knows she's like, there's something going on here. Yeah. I don't know what it is. No one is will tell me what it is. And like, you know, she probably has her bosses being like, Agent Close Duff, this case. you need to mm-hmm. figure this out and get back to Quantico or whatever. Yeah. Quantico? Is that FBI? No. It yeah. is. Okay. I just feel like I felt the same way, like you just said, both of you just said about Agent Duff in this episode in particular, because mm-hmm. I think she's frustrated that the pieces aren't fitting together. And I think she knows it's something more than like, what she's used to. And I've also thought about this with Agent Duff. I think she's sort of an empath. I think she's very, she has really good intuition. Mm-hmm. And she knows this is bigger than what it seems. Yeah. And she also comes in the future books of Roswell as well. Oh. And she's Ooh. she's very young and driven because she's said before, she's mm-hmm. this is only like her second case. And she's just determined to close it. And she's determined to yeah. make some rank. I don't remember the specific rank by age 35. Mm-hmm. So she's young. She's right. driven. She's, but then that also means she's green. Yeah. Yeah. So she's in over her head and she doesn't know how to handle it. But she wants to handle it on her own. Yeah. Right. And Mm -hmm. if she can't figure it out on her own, like that'll hurt her career, you know, Mm -hmm. like she wants to prove herself. So I I feel for her. Yeah. I think she has to prove a lot also because in the book, she's actually she's lesbian. And so she feels very much like it's her against the world at this time. Mm. So, yeah, we totally picked up on that and talked about it last episode. Really? (laughs) Because she's like, I'll be straight with you. I was like, but will you? But are you? Oh, that's right. I remember you guys saying that. I didn't realize that alluded to something. (laughs) (laughs) So really big piece of advice that I need to give to people. Uh If you find a big ass sniper rifle near the scene of a crime, don't just wrap it in a blanket. 
and bring it into the police station. Call you somebody. are not allowed to be in possession of a gun that you don't of have a, a license for. a big giant for. sniper rifle? I'm not allowed to be in possession of a big giant sniper <laughs> rifle? No, I don't. I mean, I don't know gun laws because like I don't own a gun and I don't want to own a gun. But I am assuming Same. that you can't just show up at a police station with, with a, a big, big ass, ass rifle wrapped in a blanket. And be like, I found this big gun. <laughs> I found this. It has my fingerprints on it because I found it. Yeah. Call somebody and say, yeah, there is a gun them. here. You have to call a non-emergency police line. I just found a gun. And in general, people don't pick up guns. Yes. No. Maria is not being that nice to Lori. And it's like Lori is, you know, away from anybody she knows and has just been through a serious trauma. Like, give her some time. Be a, be a little more gentle. Yeah. You know, she's like, I'm not your mom. I'm not your doctor. I'm not going to hold your hand while you potty. <laughs> and she's like, we have to build trust. Like, after you say that, you're going to say you're going to expect her to build trust with you. Yeah. And then she implies that, like, no one cares about her and they're the only ones here to help her. No. And it's definitely like, oh, she's in a mood. Ashley says she's hangry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, That's probably it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, because she's in a mood. It's not about Lori. She's in a mood because she she also yells, can we get some service or what? Yeah. Right. She's hangry. Just what Ashley said. That's totally what it is. As someone who is a waitress, you would think that she would not yell something like that. <laughs> right? Right. Maybe she's like, people yell at me like this all the time and no one's really in here. So I don't know. It can go both ways. Like, I've judged other people in my profession the way they talk to kids. That's for sure. Like, yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, my God. Amy cracks me up in this scene with her like, do you know what these are? These are her long johns. She would not go camping without these long johns. It's like Detective Amy. I do like that, like, finally we do get, like, an, you know, acknowledgement uh, that, like, the kids do disappear and, like, lie to their parents about it. I think Diane Farr rocks in this scene. Me too. I think I she does her. a great job here, like, really looking like an angry concerned parent like she's angry because she is concerned you know um also this is an amy deluca scene with no laughing which i'm not sure we've ever had before i would say like 90 percent of the laughs that we've had in this show have been scenes with amy deluca i don't know about 90 percent, but a high percentage <laughs> one more thing about this scene is that liz's gentle waves are really working for me yes I think they all had a great hair day. Yeah. All everyone. That's what I'm saying. A lot episode. of great hair in this mm-hmm. in this episode. A lot of great hair. And then we head back to Maria's Jetta, where uh just as they expected, Lori has tried to escape and has like walked out of the restaurant and is walking right. to who knows where. She's not gonna get far being to chased Mexico, by a car. Supposedly. Yeah. She quickly gives up. And I love, I, I just love every time that Maria calls Michael Space Boy. Mm. She's like, me and Space Boy are going to have a little conversation and you're not going to run away and we're going to sort some shit out. <laughs> she says, you can give those lips a rest, which is so yeah. funny because she hasn't been talking oh, at all. Yeah. Love, love that line. Oh, Maria. so good. Ugh. But I love that Maria is, I mean, she's like, form an emotional bond, tell the truth, whatever, but you have to find a way to get through to her. And like watching Michael struggle to make a connection with her when he does go over to her, he's like, uh, 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 like, how do I start? Like, do I tap you on the shoulder? Do I, I don't even know how to interact with you as a human. Like, I feel that because I get real awkward like that 
too. I'm mm-hmm. like, I, I don't even know how to people with you right now. Especially in a contrived thing where it's like, go over to that person and form an emotional connection. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. uh what? Yeah. I don't do good at that. Um, Back to the Valentis where it's still not appropriate or safe to do woodworking in the living room. Yep. Kyle, beautiful Kyle, is bathed in angelic light. <laughs> it's nothing could be more beautiful. Wow. Elisa. <laughs> and uh and Jim is making baseball bats because he wants to give one to Kyle. He's Aww. wanted to do it ever since wee little baby Kyle was in Little League and never got around to it. Like, he's like, I'm trying to be a good dad now, now that I have time. He also like props to Jim Valenti here because he says to Kyle, yeah. I'm in kind of a dark place. Going to take a little while to work my way out of it. Yes. Which is self-awareness. Yes. And it's like, you know, direct communication. Yeah. Letting the people around him know like, hey, I'm not great. Yeah. I'm not doing well. And not being afraid to be vulnerable and honest yeah. with his son, which is great. It was also necessary because Kyle needs to know these things. He's yeah. voiced that before. He doesn't like to be left in the dark, so he needs to know these things. Plus, it's just the two of them against the world. That's what Kyle has always felt like. So I think he yeah. he needed to hear that. So good for yeah. Jim Valenti for saying that. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And then Kyle is like, but we are still here. Like, And I feel right. like even though he doesn't say it, he's saying we're trying to make ends meet. We're trying to keep our heads above water, referring to him and Tess. I think him saying we're still here is also to say, like, we can help you with us with this But you have to let us help. You have to let us know how we can help. Mm -hmm. Like, we are in this together. You don't have to do this on your own. But I think it took a lot for Jim to even open up and say, I'm struggling here. Totally. No, their their relationship has really come leaps and bounds um, Mm -hmm. from when we first Mm -hmm. met them. And, you know, still has ways to go, sure. But yeah, yeah, it's really nice to watch that development. I agree with you. And we head back to the desert. Back on the road. Where it turns out Michael is emotionally literate. Yes. Way to go. He is. I like seeing him work to make a real connection with somebody. I mean, it was a little hard for him to get started, but he can do it. Second season, Michael is a dreamboat. Yes. When he's not being a total jerk. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this is why I love him. His character arc is just, and I love the word that you used, literate. Very nice, Elisa. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, he makes a real connection with Lori, like letting her know that you, I don't know how we're connected, but I feel like you're the only family I've ever had. So I'm not going to let you down. I'm not going to turn my back on you. Hmm. I'm here for you, which if we know anything about Michael, it's, I mean, he even says it, he's, that he's loyal and he will not turn his back on her, but it's, we've seen it before. He is super loyal to the people that Mm -hmm. are important to him when he says he'll be there for someone he really really means it yes part of you know one of the many things i love about michael Mm garen and then we we head back to max's room where he has fallen asleep doing research and the blue crystals uh the gandarium that we're gonna find out that's Mm -hmm. what it's called later uh, attacks him, and all I can think of is that it turned into blue goo. That was one of the things that I was going to mention, which is a reference to Buffering the Vampire Slayer podcast. Because of this one episode, blue goo, that's how the demon spreads, blue, blue goo. goo. If you're unconscious or dead. Yeah. <laughs> we could go on, but we won't. Yeah. Um, so I wrote, it's, I wrote blue goo, but then I also said, it's goo, 
it's alive. It's Flubber. Oh. Remember Flubber? It's just blue Flubber. That's very true. But the the blue goo jelly, I also said it looks a lot like jelly. Uh, yeah. It's not interested in Max. And it like re-solidifies itself into glowing crystals and calls it a day. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like kind of getting a little taste and like, nah. Nah, don't like it. This tastes That's like Brussels sprouts. I'm done. <laughs> Oh my god, Amy cracks me up when she calls from Liz's phone. Oh, yes. Maria's like, Mom, we're being free spirits. And Amy's like, that means you're going to get, what did she say? That means you're going to Sedona to get stoned and have sex in the hills. And I was like, Amy knows how to have a good time. Yes, she does. (laughs) And I love, too, that she's like, I know what it's like to do things with a like with a irresponsible young man or what whatever she says and Maria's like, "Yeah, I know you did all this stuff with dad." <laughs> like, "Mom, I know you had me as a teenager." Like, right. And Amy is not being unreasonable. No, she's not. When she talks to Michael, she's like, "Don't let her pierce any part of her body that cannot be shown in polite company." Yeah. So yeah. I was like, "Yeah, go pierce whatever you want, just make it be tasteful." Yeah. Right. <laughs> and 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 make sure she has fun but yeah. protect her you know like i like that be kind to her yeah call me if you need bail money <laughs> yeah that is the best kind of phone call you could ever get yeah from your significant other's parent like that yeah honestly yeah tough tough love i feel like she trusts michael too yeah yeah i do too like that yeah. he will to the best of his ability you know yeah and then sean here uh he wants amy to call the cops on michael Sean, mm-hmm. who has been locked up yeah, by right. law enforcement. Yeah. Right. And calls Michael shady. Yeah. As that is the reason. And Liz goes, look who's talking. Yeah. <laughs> and then I do not like this like weird flirty pillow fight that starts to happen. I don't like it. I don't I like it. I would have liked it if it didn't start with her being like, Sean, stop. No, Sean, I'm not. I'm not kidding. Stop. Yes. Same. She's like, no, I'm being serious. Stop. And he's not fucking listening. Yeah. It's not like if she's like was, laughing, be like, <laughs> stop. If it was mutually flirty, but I feel like this is just like, you know, it's something we see all the time in TV and in society mm-hmm. and a woman saying stop and not being taken seriously. And the man just keeps going. This is obviously mm-hmm. a big fucking problem in our society. That's why rape happens all the fucking time mm-hmm. yeah i mean <sighs> our, and because we get these like you know representations of lack of consent all the time mm-hmm. leading to like oh they're giggling together you yeah, know in casual ways like this that lead men to believe that it's okay in non-casual ways yeah there are so many things even not sex related that consent is so important for yeah so, like, listen to someone. If they're like, no, I'm serious, stop. No matter what then it's about. Stop. If you're tickling them, if you're hitting them with a pillow, whatever it is, just stop. Yeah. And then poor Amy, like, she's just so fed up with the whole situation. She is just, like, can't even deal with Liz and Sean and is like, I'm going to go get alcohol. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Bless her. And then as she's leaving, she sees Max is arriving at the house and... uh and she's just like, are you going to take her across state lines? No? Great. Have at it. She's here. And Max walks in to hear the episode's only laugh because, you know, Liz and Sean obviously are like wrestling and laughing now, even yeah. though she... Even though she said stop. Which, and I'm not saying like that doesn't ever happen in real life. It totally does. But 
for that to be such a common trope that we see in movies and TV, it's yeah. harmful. Yes, exactly. Then we head out to, I guess we're in the forest somewhere, perhaps in Fraser Woods. Anything that is the forest is Fraser Woods. Fraser Woods, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Valenti has found uh, Grant Sorensen where he's working and he wants to try and settle the score. He wants to talk about it like two people because Grant is trying to file a big ass lawsuit against him. And Grant is uh, he's like under some sort of hypnosis spell thing. Like he doesn't recognize Valenti. He uh, growls at him like a dog. Like makes a crazy and, noise. Yeah. Yeah. And attacks him. So Valenti obviously fights back. Yeah. And Grant suddenly seems to have no idea what's going on. Yeah. He's like, whoa, whoa, why, why are you hitting me? Like he doesn't remember. This is so frustrating to watch. Yes. Yeah. Because of Swartonson's actions, it's really affecting, you know, him and now Kyle and Tess. And so. Yeah. Yeah. And it's frustrating also because it, it seems like, you know, Sorensen is maybe a victim, too. Yeah. Right. And at the same time, getting away with stuff like yeah. bringing that gun into like. Yeah. And being forgiven for that. And, you know, it's just it's just not fair. Yeah. But yeah. it doesn't look good when Jim Valenti is always out and about with Isabel at night and with Max for no reason, yeah. for no good reason. That yeah, they or no reason tell. that he can explain yeah. to anybody. Right. So in this next scene where they're like looking at the bacteria thing, mm-hmm. are they in the UFO center? Um, I don't think they're in the UFO center yet here. Maybe. So the Evans just have like a bunch of screens and like fancy Oh, no, equipment. no, no. I think you're right. They're I at think the UFO they, center. They have moved on to the UFO center Oh, now. okay. They have. Um, yeah. yeah, there's a, like earlier, I guess like, it's this last episode now when he's looking at his microscope, he's at home, but maybe they've gone to the UFO center now to, to do more research because they're definitely there later. So that would make sense. So Liz makes reference to what she calls uh, Neglaria Fowleri. Did you look it up? I sure did. Nice. What is it? So Neglaria Fowleri is what is commonly known as the brain-eating amoeba. Oh. Okay, which... Yeah, um, I've heard of that. ...doesn't eat brains and I think technically is not an amoeba, but a lot of places I looked did call it an amoeba. It causes primary amoebic meningoencephalitis, um, which is... A devastating thing. It has a 97% fatality rate, Mm -hmm. but it's super rare. It does happen by like the bacteria, you know, you're swimming and it goes up your nose, but it's super rare. It can't survive in salt water and it's very uh, sensitive to chlorine. So chlorine will kill it. Yeah. Like, you know, pools, it can't live in pools. Uh, Municipal water sources generally are treated with enough chlorine that it kills Mm -hmm. it. Um, and it's just, it's super, super rare to get it, but it's yeah. pretty serious and scary. Wow. Roswell did a lot of background then picking the right type of mm-hmm. like bacteria for this. Like they really did their research like you did, <laughs> like all those like <laughs> characteristics. Like- yeah. Yeah. And so they talked about how like it didn't react to Valenti or Max. So it's yeah. not like it's just like didn't want him because he's an alien. Like Valenti is not an alien either. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it didn't want Max. It didn't want. Valenti, it, I mean, it's been near various people now and hasn't reacted to any of them, except for Lori or and or her grave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We end this episode with a to be continued. So obviously we have a lot of unanswered questions regarding this bacteria and our Gandarium that are going to come up. But they get Isabel involved in this uh, 
in this situation, they want her to do some recon with Grant, which we will see in the next scene she does mm-hmm. by inviting him out to start over because things got so complicated. Let's just start at the beginning. Tell me all about yourself. I'm a pretty girl with beautiful hair. <laughs> Tell me all about your life. And it works. Tell me about what you do for work. Yeah. Fraser Woods. Hmm. Oh, Tell me that more. sounds interesting. Why is Fraser Woods so interesting? And he falls for it hook, line, and sinker. Well done, Isabel. <laughs> and now we have finally arrived at the Dupree house. Uh, Michael and Maria have driven uh, from 30 miles south of Dexter all the way to Tucson, Arizona with Lori to help her find her grandpa, who she wants to go find. And I love that as they are walking up to the house, she is visibly nervous and Michael grabs her hand as just a show of silent support. Mm-hmm. It's very sweet. It's very, it's very, very sweet. sweet. It shows, you know, he he wasn't just saying those nice things to convince her to, like, not run away. Correct. Yeah. He was honest about it. Yeah. Yeah. And she got that. She clearly, she trusts him now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, we have a nice uh, surveillance gargoyles, just oh like God. in Teenage Space Vampires. I was going to say. Which uh, was a mini <laughs> episode that we did recently. We watched the very interesting 90s made-for-TV movie, Teenage Space Vampires. There were also surveillance gargoyles in that film, protecting aliens. Equally creepy, I would say. Yes. <laughs> And, like, I thought this gargoyle was creepy before I realized that it had a camera in its mouth. Yeah. Um, So when they go inside, they just, you know, as if the huge mansion and the grounds wasn't enough to to let us know how wealthy and, like, snooty these people are. When we first meet her uncle, he is in horse riding gear. Yes. And when we first meet her aunt, she's, like, coming down the stairs, like... Talking about, like, blah, 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 like, in the polo grounds and blah, yes. blah, 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 blah. Oh, we have an event later. Like, <laughs> I mean, is there, I mean, I guess there's rich people everywhere, but is there really, like, that much, like, culture going on in Tucson? Probably. Well, with horses, yeah. I mean, That's even true. when they were in Dexter, you saw, like, did we not see horses in the background there of people riding them? I feel like we did. We did. We did. We but did. I do feel like that's different. Like people who ride horses, uh, who like live on farms, you know, it's different than like sport riding where people have like mm-hmm. their fancy, like expensive outfits and their like fancy saddle and, yes. you know. Yeah. The nice boots and the. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. And Lori's and uncle are real shitty. Oh, they <laughs> fucking suck. But it turns out that Lori is confused because apparently her grandfather has been dead for seven years. And she was at his funeral. She should know that. Mm -hmm. And shouldn't Michael have known that? Remember in the last episode, she's running and she goes like, you're dead, you're dead. And then in this episode, he's like, I want to meet him. Maybe she thought, maybe he thought she was so frazzled. Yeah, I forgot that. She does literally yell in his face, you're dead. Yeah, (laughs) but maybe he thought... She just has this whole thing mixed up in her head because, you mm-hmm. know, they've given her all these, like, different drugs at Pinecrest. It's probably yeah. fluked with her mind. Yeah. But, like, she did know that her grandfather was dead. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, trauma can affect people in lots of ways. That's yeah. the thing. You know, you can give an excuse of trauma for this whole arc. All sure. of Hybrid Chronicles. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of trauma happening. Oh, I know. And they did not – not everyone handled it well, although – Michael and Maria did, especially Michael, which 
it's good that we're noting that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. He yeah. can handle things. Especially when he himself has been through a lot of trauma and abuse and all Yeah, that. so he can recognize it and care for it better in some ways. Definitely. But yeah, uh, Auntie Meredith and Uncle Bobby want to know what <laughs> Mr. Garen wants with their niece. They claim to not know she was in Pinecrest, which I don't believe for a minute. I'm sure mm-hmm. they put her away in Pinecrest, but they don't want her attached to their family. They don't want her quote unquote craziness to be attached with their family name and drag them down. So mm-hmm. uh, they've, yeah. I feel like they absolutely put her in Pinecrest and have just been pretending that she doesn't exist for as long as possible. But they claim to have not seen her in years and to not know that she was in a mental institution, but that is. I mean, I don't believe it for a minute. All the while, like, drinking martinis. Yeah. Because we can't forget for a minute how hoity-toity these people are. Yes. That they are rich and they have nothing to do with their lives except ride horses and drink martinis. (laughs) And ask Carmen to drop a bath. Yes. Right. So Isabel did get information about the water table. Yes, she did. In Fraser Woods. Way yes, to go, go Isabel. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then Liz is able to use her smarty, smarty science skills. She knows about water tables and can pull up maps of water tables and they can start putting the pieces together. And then that's when they realize that Pullman Ranch, which is where the crash site was, uh, mm-hmm. is right next to Fraser Woods and the water, the water table is connected. Yeah. That the, the underground stream that, you know, goes under the grave site. Mm hmm. Why do they call it gravesite? Why am I calling it a gravesite? It's a burial site. I mean, yeah, bur- yeah, they tried to bury her alive, but she did wasn't she didn't die. Right. Is it so still it- a grave if the person like anyway? Alive. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, they discover that the streams also go under Pullman Ranch. Yep. And then uh, this is where Brody interrupts because they are using the UFO Center as their personal research laboratory, um, mm-hmm. and the person who owns all of that equipment you know, fancy that, decides to, like, show up and use his own equipment in his own workspace. And he also is just like, oh, yeah, cool. Oh, you guys are using the UFO? No problem. The the UFO Center? Science project? Go for it. (laughs) Brody's cool. Yeah. Uh, We do have a little cut back to uh, the Valenti household here, where Agent Duff has finally started to put together some pieces, maybe believes a little bit of what Valenti has to say about Grant Sorensen, because she has realized that all of these elements uh, of Lori's kidnapping, the box that was around her head, the gun, these pieces of equipment were all stolen. uh, Oxygen tanks. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. they were all stolen Mm -hmm. from various other cities that were along Sorensen's work route. Which does mean that on some level she had to be kind of, you know, considering what yeah. Valenti was saying Curious all along. Curious enough to investigate further. Yeah, because right. she did, you know, enough to like get a copy of Grant Sorensen's, you know, work schedule or his travel records or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. To go to that effort to get all that information, right? And then, yeah, to line them up and see. So, yeah, you know, I want to give her some credit there that like Everything in front of her was pointing to, like, you know, Valenti is a bad sheriff, he's lying, whatever. But, you know, she she wants to make sure to rule stuff out because she's mm-hmm. a smart FBI agent. And that's how you get into the FBI. Right. By being smart. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had, we cut back to the Dupree house and... 
Uh, Michael and Maria are starting to get worried because they haven't seen Lori in hours. She got taken upstairs for a bath and they're just like hanging out on the ground. By the most incredible pool I've ever seen. (laughs) Beautiful. I would go swimming there. Is this when uh, the uncle and the aunt go like, dad did always have a wandering eye, like thinking like Michael was some sort of like illegitimate child. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they they give him a bag full of money and they kick him out. They're like, you will not. There will be no inheritance claims. There will be no paternity claims. Take the money and go get out. Uh, And then to assist that, uh, they have some burly security dudes that they Mm -hmm. have procured. uh, (laughs) From nowhere. (laughs) Just like, they just came out of the house. I mean, I guess they've had a few hours. They had hours to get the money together and and to assemble some security guys to kick them off the property. Also, I'm pretty sure... Even if you give someone a bag full of money, that doesn't mean they can't. Yeah, that they can't come after you more. Like (laughs) you're supposed to, you're supposed to like have them sign something. Yes, yeah, sign something with lawyers that I am paying you off, and we are done with this. I love that her aunt is like high up. It kind of (laughs) she just like looks like a Disney villain, like up in the castle, like looking looking down. Yes, yeah. Um, and this is when we get to see, like, how serious Michael is when he promises he'll be there for someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, I said I was going to protect her, and I'm going to protect her. Like, mm-hmm. like they got yeah. kicked out, but he's not done. Like, he's not leaving yeah. at all. Not for, he didn't even think about leaving. He just knows that he has to mm-hmm. help her. Yep. And how to help her, I guess, is where Maria comes in. That's why these two are so good together. Yes. Yeah. And which is why we need B&T so badly. So badly. So badly. Yeah, because their chemistry and they work so well together, like, as characters. But obviously that's partly because those actors work so well together. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we want to see more. I know when they have a rewatch and it's over, I am I'm so excited to start. I'm quickly saddened at the end because it's over. Yeah. Yeah. But we get that we're now on to our last scene of our episode already, which is going to lead us into our big to be continued moment. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's all going to tie together. They're in the UFO center. Brody has shown up. Oh, yeah. Brody has been possessed by aliens before. Maybe we can force that interaction and get a hold of our home planet to find out what to do about this crazy parasite. Maybe we can just like use this poor guy as a guinea pig for a power Isabel has never used before um, and tell him that it's just hypnosis because informed consent doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, Uninformed (sighs) consent is all that matters. Uninformed, like not consent to what you're actually doing to him. Gosh. And and of course, you know, he and Isabel get like thrown across the room. Yeah, it backfires. They she makes tries to make an alien connection and they both get thrown apart. And Larrick tells them that Brody's heart has stopped beating. Yeah. So they are literally so... putting his life in danger without telling him. Right. But also Larrick tells them that if the Gandarium has escaped from the ship, then they are in serious trouble and they need to get the hell out of there. They need to leave the planet. Earth is in danger. Leave it now. Yes. Yes. Get out. And that maybe Brody's heart will restart again once I leave. (laughs) Like, maybe. By the way. Yeah. P.S. It's like, his heart has stopped. It might restart. It might restart. Let's hope so. (laughs) Which, like, it didn't on its own. It, like, needed some, like, manual pumping for a sec. But luckily, Max was there to be able to do that. Yeah. Also, FYI, if someone needs CPR, you got to call 911, even if they wake back up. You can't yeah. just, like, do CPR and then, like, boop, 
oh, where? What what happened? Oh, where you just I? fainted. It's fine. You just fainted. No, that's not how CPR works. Except they're aliens, and then they would get caught, Elisa. <laughs> like, you can't call 911 with these people. Yeah, but... Oh, yeah. No, that's you true. You can't. <laughs> they'll collect some cells, they'll find out it's weird, and then they're going to all be sent for testing. That's yeah. the issue with these people. That's- the white room. Yeah. Yes. We yes. can't go back to the white room. We can't. Never. And I was there with you guys on Max of the Max. That was trauma after doing my first podcast with you guys. That yeah. was hard. Mm. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, to yeah. be, continued. be continued. To be continued. Pretty serious words from Larrick. Huh. Yeah. Get off the planet. Get out. Uh-huh. That is so scary. Yeah. We're going to have to wait and see what happens. <laughs> I like this, like, sci-fi-y, like, the Gendarium, and the, I, I just, mm-hmm. I, I like this. Uh, yeah. Have you guys also. noticed that Ronald Moore is in is involved in more of the sci-fi ones? Ah. Oh, I haven't, but that makes sense. Yeah. 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 So he's he's got the sci-fi background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, down. But Jason Kadams has that, you know, like, the human interactions yes, down. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. Down and to this is, science. Yeah, it's yeah. a story by Jason Kadams, but then that story was actually fleshed out and written by yeah. the name we just said. Ronald Moore? <laughs> yeah. Ronald D. Moore. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> we should do some hot and saucy. Hot and saucy. Yeah. Now let's see who's hot and saucy. Okay, I got mine. Okay, go for it, Eliza. I think that my hot and saucy is Isabel using her sex appeal to get intel on Fraser Woods. Ooh, oh, that's a good one. Hot. She's definitely hot. Yeah, and she's saucy because she's like, I mean, she is uh, being a little conniving. She has an yeah. ulterior motive and gets the information that they need. And I can respect that. Yes. In fact, I admire it. So my. This, that one is a better choice than my choice. It's not a competition. I know. But I didn't feel particularly hot and saucy about anybody in this episode. Um, so my choice was on sauciness alone, and it has a hard cutoff. So uh, when when Maria is telling uh, Lori, like, I'm not your mommy, I'm not your doctor, go do this <laughs> stuff on your own, like... Right at the beginning, when she's just being a little saucy, she's just being a little bitchy about it, but before she starts getting really mean about it, and definitely before she starts yelling for a waiter to provide service, because I don't like that attitude. What about you, Nomi? What's your pick for hot and saucy? Okay, so I have a thing for British accents. So when Larrick says the word Gandarium, I really like it. And I like it when he's like, get off the planet. I think it's really hot and saucy. Oh, my God. I love that. Out there. Love it. I also have a so. thing for British accents, like all the different regional accents. And I like like trying to guess where someone's from because I watch yeah. a lot of British reality TV. <laughs> oh, you watch British reality TV. That's okay. I do. Like I watched Downton Abbey, but I've never done the no. reality Reality trash. I should yeah, maybe I try it. that. Yeah, then you get all of the <laughs> the non-BBC newscaster accents. Right. Yeah, right. and just like different regional ones, like mm-hmm. ones from like, you know, cities up north or like in the center of the country where like you don't hear those accents yeah. on like, you know, in movies yeah. and stuff. You hear like a posh accent, like a London accent mm-hmm. or like. Right. But before we say goodbye, um, Nomi, is there anything you want to plug or share your socials? 
All right. So thanks so much, guys, for having me. Um, if you want to know anything about the original Roswell series and also the BNT campaign going on, especially with Indiegogo, please feel free to follow me on Twitter at Roswellback. And also my sort of like my personal plug account, too, is my nine love letters nine account. You can also follow me on Instagram on We Want Roswell Back. And I have two Facebook groups that I co-admin, Bring Roswell Back and the original Roswell fan group. Awesome. Thanks so much for being with us today, Nomi. It was so much fun to record with you again. Aw, it's always a blast with you guys. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely have to have you back again in the future. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks on Tuesday, April 6th with Season 2, Episode 14, How the Other Half Lives. You can always follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Roswell Hot Sauce or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Roswell Hot Sauce. You can also find show notes, information about us, and all sorts of other good info over at our website, www.roswellhotsauce.com. And we are always happy to receive emails from you with your thoughts about this episode or any episode at roswellhotsauce at gmail.com. Pass the Hot Sauce is produced and edited by Ashley Hullett. Our theme music is by David Belcourt. Our logo was designed by Billy Murray. Until next time, remember... Call me if you need bail money.